0: this movie welcome back to a brand new episode of wtm watch this movie i am eric Mulder.
1: some of us pump and some of us slump
0: joining me once again is mr positivity wolfie t you
1: want to talk we'll talk
0: i'm a sucker for good conversation what's up <laughs> not much what just energy got, <laughs> just got done uh, recording a very long episode with you and ben no time for chit chat. getting right into it (laughs) uh so this is a recently seen episode which is going to drop before our episode on true lies which is the first episode of our summer series and i think we should probably tell the folks at home what we're doing on our summer series we're doing 90s action films first up with true lies we're going to follow that up with rumble in the bronx the very special guest, John Grace from the Midnight Movie Cowboys, who is well-versed in Jackie Chan, among other things. Excited for that. Yeah. We're also going to do episodes on Stargate and Virtuosity. And what uh, what are the other two I'm thinking of right now?
1: Uh, Leon the Professional. Well, yeah, that's right. Leon the Professional. We'll do a breakdown of that, I'm sure. And Die Hard with a Vengeance
0: yes as i mentioned on the true lies episode it's the first r-rated film i saw at the theater yeah luckily there's no nudity in it so
1: they didn't make me leave the theater well there's lots of well not lots of but there's a extensive use of the n-word in one scene (laughs) which is okay um (laughs) well it's not okay but it's in the movie and you can see it if you're 10 in 1997 it's (laughs) educational. What does that word mean, Mom? They use the N word in the uh, Seventh Heaven, so it's okay. What? I never watched Seventh Heaven, but I swear I saw an episode, or at least part of an episode, and I didn't—I don't think I even realized it till later—that one of the, I think it's the kid from the meme with the computer, you know, he's doing the thumbs up or whatever, had a black friend, and he, the black friend <laughs> and his other friends called each other the N word. And then the white kid said called his black friend the N-word. And then he didn't understand why his black friend got mad at him. (laughs) I swear this happened, but did he apologize to
0: Jesse Jackson? (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes. (laughs) Apologize.
1: I swear to God, I saw it. I've only ever seen like those five minutes of that show. And I was young at the time, so I didn't it it didn't make sense to me, or I didn't understand it fully what was going on. But
0: well, that reminds me of it wasn't just prevalent in the '90s or 2000s. You know, it was also in the '80s, and even today you have these message episodes from sitcoms or or dramas, and they'll focus on race relations or more specifically the N word. <laughs> and do you remember the show Boston Public?
1: Yeah, I never watched it, but I remember that right, it was well, on. Is a
0: co-star, your boy. Michael Rappaport, right? <laughs> and he loves using the N word. Sorry, he had me watch Higher Learning for the
1: podcast, right? Have you seen Bamboozled? I have not. Oh man. <laughs> Just wait till you see that movie.
0: <laughs> so, he's teaching a class. I forget um because the the show was about a bunch of teachers Boston Public, Boston Public Schools, right? Yep. And I forget what he taught. If it was American history, maybe, or something, but the book he had his class read was just called the N-word. It didn't, you know, it wasn't.
1: Was it written by Clayton Bigsby?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it reminds me of <laughs> the book written by a famous uh white or is a black white supremacist Clayton Bigsby <laughs> Pell show. N-word book. <laughs> thing. Talked about on what was the, Was it called Frontline? Was front, like da-
1: Frontline was like a real show on PBS, but Chappelle had a few different episodes where he did parodies of Frontline, doing like mm-hmm. in-depth investigative journalism, right? And like the first episode of Chappelle's show, they had Frontline investigating uh, renowned white supremacist Clayton Bigsby for his first on-camera interview, and they realized he's a blind black man, which is so relevant to today. You've written two books now. I wrote four books. They published two. <laughs> one, one of them was just called Dump Truck.
0: <laughs> Relevant today with all the uh, white supremacists that are people of color. <laughs> we just Anywho. thought it was
1: easier to tell him and the other little blind kids that he was white.
0: <laughs> Anywho, let's... uh. We're going to try and keep this episode a little shorter due to certain time constraints outside of our control.
1: Well, it was, it was in our control, but we, as we said, we just recorded true lies and you'll understand when that episode drops, why we have to rush <laughs> this one.
0: Most times we record an episode on a, a specific film. It goes off the rails. It's, it's out <laughs> of control, but uh, that's the way we like it. Uh, and today uh, I last recently seen episode. I challenged you to watch two films, if you will, maybe one combined. But there's volumes one and two of Niffle Maniac. It's a glorified miniseries. <laughs> that means I have to go first. So, what am I going to talk about first? What should I talk about
1: first? That's a good question.
0: Then and also, I um, since you're going to review two films for the challenge I'm only going to review two on the podcast and you'll have one additional film, one film in addition to the movie challenge.
1: What did you see? Clarice? What did you see?
0: So God, should I talk about something new? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about a new release. Let's talk about master gardener. Ooh, I've seen that. You have, You could offer your opinion. I had to go to the Marcus to see it.
1: (laughs) I know it pisses
0: you off when you can't use your A-list.
1: Well, AMC ran the fucking trailer for it, and then it didn't play here.
0: Well, I bet you it played in subsequent weeks, didn't it? Did it not?
1: No. No, No, it it hasn't been there the whole time? It never came out? Really? The AMC is in the Twin Cities area.
0: I thought maybe it just waited a couple of weeks.
1: And it only played at Marcus like one week, I think.
0: Hmm. It was directed by Paul Schrader and written by Paul Schrader, starring Joel Edgerton, Sigourney Weaver, Quintessa Swindell, Issei Morales, Eduardo Lazan, Victoria Hill, Amy Lee. I think i will do it for cast.
1: Amy Lee from Evanescence?
0: <laughs> is that? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be funny. I doubt it because uh, Amy Lee is uh, Asian and I know That'd that be... singer from Evanescence is not.
1: Did he bring her back to life? Uh, <laughs> synopsis.
0: <laughs> a meticulous horticulturist who is devoted to tending the grounds of a beautiful estate and pandering to his employer, the wealthy Dowager? Does that how you say that word?
1: I can't see what you're reading. Dowager? Never heard that term. suppose you could Google it. I suppose it
0: means something similar to like a widow who inherited a lot of an estate or a, a dowry almost. I mean, a dowry is used usually when people get married, but.
1: A widow with a title or property derived from her late husband. Yeah. So, yeah. Or a I dignified suppose. elderly woman. Sigourney
0: Weaver is dignified.
1: Well. Well,
0: I mean, this is like I'll Southern. Expand on, I'll let you expand it on that. It takes place in the South, does it? I guess I can't really recall. Do you
1: know where it takes place? Um, Not particularly. It's ghetto adjacent. <laughs> there aren't obnoxious Southern
0: accents, so maybe not. This is one of the uh, films I saw on my birthday. I had a grand old time. I uh, screened Drive at the theater for myself and my wife. And then we watched Master Gardener. Similar in tone and story to a lot of Paul Schrader's work, but more specifically, The Card Counter, which came out last year.
1: Or was it the year before? 21, I think. Okay.
0: Paul Schrader likes to explore masculinity and whatnot. It's filmed in (laughs) Louisiana, by the way. Okay, so it is a southern film. I was right. I thought maybe some of the setting background seemed like it was in the south. Actually, I think they probably mentioned that. Okay. Now that I I think about it. In between Joel Edgerton smelling dirt.
1: Right up in there. Puts his tongue on it.
0: (laughs) He really gets up in there. It's a character study, much like the card counter. Main character, Joel Edgerton, kind of a mysterious past. It's alluded to that he's a a former white supremacist. And uh, one of the people he strikes up a friendship with is the young black woman. So there's simmering tensions. You know, he used to be against it. Now he's all about
1: it, but she's mixed. It's very established that, uh,
0: well, that doesn't matter to white supremacists.
1: Cause she's the, uh, the great niece of Sigourney Weaver's character, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that's her sister's granddaughter.
0: You know, some sort of like a Spaceballs
1: connection. What?
0: <laughs> I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate.
1: It's Sigourney Weaver's character's sister's granddaughter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She wants her to uh, apprentice She's for bi-racial. the Master Gardener because that's what he is. Yes. I don't want to say too much about it. I mean, you can kind of get the gist of where the story goes from there, but. I thought the performances were very good. I did like it a little more than the card counter, although I'd like to give the card counter another chance. I gave that one like two and a half stars. And Oscar Isaac was great in that. I just, I don't know, I thought it was missing something, but it's one I would definitely give another chance to. Yeah, I I
1: think Master Gardener is better than the card counter. But I probably would have rated the card counter slightly higher than that.
0: Sure. I think I gave Master Gardener three and a half stars in Letterboxd. I would definitely give it an eventually and recommend it. Eventually. Watch the Master Gardener eventually. But it's in theaters right now, still, in some of them.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I don't, select theaters, so maybe. See it in the theater if you can. I give it a soonish. Soonish. I really, uh, it's a bit of a slow burn uh, sure. character study, as, as you mentioned, but I thought Joel Edgerton was fantastic. Um Sigourney Weaver is almost too good uh <laughs> for the role she plays like it seems like she has a lived experience with the uh the type of thing that she's asked to do in that, that sure. role if you will I don't know if she does or not maybe she's just a really good actress. So what else have you seen recently besides Master Gardener? Well, this is uh the last movie I saw in the theater. It's uh 2023's transformers rise of the beasts Mm. i saw it in the dolby and that shit chucked the fucking theater like it was an earthquake (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's see it was directed by stephen capel jr and it stars anthony ramos dominique fishback luna lauren velez uh, dean scott vasquez toby wigway in Wigway, um Sarah Styles, the voice acting of Peter Cullen, Ron Perlman, Peter Dinklage, Michelle Yao, who doesn't get any work. She doesn't get any work. Excuse you, Oscar winner, Michelle Yao. Speaking of uh Pete Davidson. <laughs> oh, that was the other episode we recorded. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Liza Koshy, John DiMaggio, uh, some other uh, voice actors, uh, uh, et cetera. Um, Synopsis, during the 90s, a new faction of Transformers, the Maximals, the Maximals, joined the Autobots as allies in the battle for Earth. Um, Yeah, so I don't have any nostalgia for Transformers. It was a little bit before my time back in the 80s same here i had of the movies that have come out i've only seen the first michael bay movie uh prior to this which was okay it wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be but uh like really not up my alley much at all this one kind of more of the same I, I i don't think it's as good as that first michael bay movie in a lot of ways it's probably a little more coherent but maybe not as fun basically it starts off with the Maximals planet being attacked by this Unicron who eats planets and he's got a, a thug named scourge scourge or whatever they're looking for something called like the Trans Warp key. I forget what the fuck it's called. Anyways, they, uh, they distract this guy and then they, they time warp to earth <laughs> and then uh, so they can't, you know get the key or whatever and so it's it's very kind of in line with those old cartoons where it's like okay now we have to protect the key from the bad guys and then we're gonna fight and uh but it takes like half the movie like after that there's like about half the movie until it's about half the movie until all the robots start showing up and doing shit <laughs> and even the maximals it takes forever to get them back on screen um, I had a laugh. The the gorilla is named Optimus Primal, and <laughs> I laughed at them. I think the guy next to me kind of gave me a look. <laughs> so I don't know. This movie didn't do a lot for me. Like it wasn't that funny. Like it tries to be funny, but it's not that funny. How's
0: Dominic Fishback? I don't know. Okay, like, uh, she's just kind of there. She's more in the zeitgeist these days because of, you know, she's in that show Swarm, which I haven't seen, but it's streaming. Is it on, uh, is it on Prime or is that Peacock or something? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, she, Peacock, was, uh, she was, she was Fred Hampton's Prime. wife, wasn't she? Oh, on, uh, that movie that came out a few years ago?
1: Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah.
0: I just remember her from The Deuce. She was my favorite hooker because she was the one that uh, the guy always had over to watch movies with. He <laughs> just paid her to come over and watch movies with him. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, if I if my life sunk to such depths where I'm just hiring prostitutes, that's what I'd do. I'd be like, i just pay him to come over and watch movies with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, she, uh, that looks like the first like big thing she did. The deuce. Yeah. You know. Um, or the hate you give, maybe I don't know. Never saw that one, but yeah, I mean, she okay. She plays a intern at a museum that they bring this uh, artifact to, and it ends up having the key inside it. And then like the Autobots show up, mm. and uh, Anthony Ramos ends up being dragged along because he tries stealing a car that turns out to be a transformer and uh then they all go to south america and uh there's robots fighting for like the last half hour or so <laughs> so it's i don't know, it's dumb but it's dumb in uh in the way that like 80s kids cartoons are dumb where like you have this really basic plot and like it's not really like political in any ways like other than like we need to stop the bad guys from uh, you know, taking over the planet or do we destroy the key so that the Autobots can't go home because they need it to go back to their planet and, you know, that's that kind of stuff so, I don't know I, I didn't like it very much Uh it's not terrible Um I mean, it looks fine Um I would take it over most of the Marvel stuff that's come out over the last few years hmm. just because it's not is uh, it's not really following the same formula that Marvel follows, so it's uh, kind of refreshing to kind of go back to that old style kids or family type of movie or whatever, sure. where it's just like dumb entertainment, there's no real message. But I'd give it a last resort, it's a last resort, yeah. I don't know if you're a fan of Transformers, maybe you'd like it more. If you're a fan of the Michael Bay Transformers, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't like it it's different but it's the same at the same time you know
0: all right well the second and last film i'm going to talk about is from 2012 i saw a musical called rock of ages oh did you i've not seen this. <laughs> so it was directed by adam shankman stars julianne hugh diego Boneta. Tom Cruise, Alec Baldwin, Russell Brand, Brian Cranston, Katherine Zeta-Jones, Paul Giamatti, your boy Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash? He plays uh, one of Tom Cruise's bodyguards.
1: Is this before or after Magic Mike?
0: This is 2012, so that's right around the same time,
1: I want to say. Looks like Magic Mike was also 2012. Okay i haven't seen any magic mics i even skipped the new one yeah i haven't seen
0: them either Uh, malin ackerman is in here will forte mary j
1: blige eli roth tj miller sebastian bach tj miller when he was allowed to do stuff sebastian bach wow there's a name from the past
0: yeah he's got a cameo i think that'll do it for the cast synopsis a small town girl and a city boy meet on the Sunset Strip while pursuing their Hollywood dreams. And where have you heard that before? <laughs> so I remember when this movie came out. It was a bomb because it was, I mean, there's a big budget. It was Tom Cruise is in a musical and it's Alec Baldwin and Mary J. Blige. And this is also when Russell Brand was still a name. I mean, he's making a name for himself these days, but it's for a different reason. Not in acting. <laughs> yeah. And I remember it did not do well at the box office, and it didn't do well critically. You go on Rotten Tomatoes, even the audience score is pretty low. It's pretty average on IMDb. So it isn't generally well thought of. I understand that it's uh, based off of a popular musical at the time. Seems like Rock of Ages was kind of like the early teens Hamilton or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the Hamilton for for Gen Xers because this movie is all glam rock, glam metal, right? Hair no. bands. Okay. And it has every song from that era. You know, I'm I'm predisposed to enjoy eighties things. Although I would say that I enjoy eighties pop way more than eighties glam metal. I still like it though. Uh, I'm a fan overall, Motley Crue and, Poison, maybe to a lesser extent, and some of these other bands. Right. I found the movie to be pretty entertaining. My predilections uh aside. Now, the the main problem with it is I thought it didn't have enough, it's a musical, right? And it's it just doesn't have enough energy. Or, like you look at La La Land, they have these incredible dance numbers. Uh, Rock of Ages is like the characters walking around singing about what they're doing, their life, and the, the song. There's, there's no original songs for it. It's all, it's all songs from that era. But there are some scenes that are pretty extraordinary. I, I wrote in my review, there's a scene in a strip club that it was like a great song and dance number. And I was like, why isn't that like the whole movie? But I will also say that I also enjoyed the performances, specifically Tom Cruise, because he does not mail it in. Never has, never will. It's Tom Cruise, and he is really hamming it up in here. Everyone's hamming it up, but you know, it's it's just crazy to kind of see Tom Cruise in a musical. So a lot, all that was pretty entertaining to watch. There are certain scenes that have a lot of good dancing to go along with the musical numbers. The story itself is fine for a musical. I did uh, enjoy the song selection. Of course, it is quite vast because sometimes the characters are even singing different songs at each other. Mm-hmm. It's like even even if it's not a different song, it sounds like it's a different song because it's like a a shout and rebuttal. What do you call that?
1: Call and response. What's that? Call
0: and response. Call and response. Thank you. But um, yeah, I, this movie has was quickly forgotten. Which is kind of crazy with who's in it and the pedigree it had when it was going to be released, with the the most popular play at the time, and with all this music that it licensed out. I'm sure it didn't cost as much since they don't, you know, they sing it all themselves. But yeah, I uh, you know, call me crazy. Uh, you know, I'm an '80s fiend, anyways, so this was up my alley. But I did thoroughly enjoy it. It could have been a lot better. I can I can see why it was. Not a huge hit, but um, I found it entertaining enough. Uh, so if you like that kind of music at all, I would recommend you check it out. I will give it an eventually.
1: Eventually? No interest in that movie.
0: Yeah. I gave it three stars and letterboxed. It just scraped by. to just crossed the line. Yeah. So, Brett, I challenge you to watch Niffle Maniac Volumes 1 and 2 not necessarily because i think you'd like those films more so as in preparation for the house that jack built so i guess let's hear your thoughts on lars von trier's nymphomaniac volume one and two the theatrical cuts i should preface it by saying that they were theatrical cuts that i gave you uh, it is unrated but it's a theatrical cut because i have blu-rays for both mm. so the uncuts the director's cut basically It's not just an hour longer. It's an hour and a half longer. (laughs) So it's five and a half hours. You watched four hours of Niflamaniac. Yeah. Cut I have is five and a half
1: hours. (laughs) That was enough. Let's see. Yeah, it came out in 2013. I don't know how I'm going to do these because it's like the same. It's like a continuation of the first movie to the second. Um, As you mentioned, directed and written by Lars von Trier, starring Charlotte Gainsburg, St- Stellan Skarsgård, Stacy Martin, Shia LaBeouf, Christian Slater, Uma Thurman, Sophie Kennedy Clark, Connie Nielsen. That's probably it for part one. Let's see a part two. If there's anybody new. Willem Dafoe, Mia Goth. Let's see. Udo Kier is in there.
0: Yeah. Ronald Camp, the billionaire from Ace Ventura. <laughs> it's so funny. I see I see Udo Kier in all these films these days. And it's like I always just... The first time I saw it was Ace Ventura. That's what I always... That's always my frame of reference for him.
1: Uh, Jamie Bell... I guess is the last one.
0: Yep. He's a prominent role, I guess. Plays (laughs) K. Forget which one was K. He's the one dishing out all the punishment.
1: That's oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. Anyways, part one, a self-diagnosed nymphomaniac recounts her erotic experiences to the man who saved her after a beating. And part two says the continuation of Joe's sexually dictated life delves into the darker aspects of her adulthood obsessions and what led her to being in Seligman's care i don't know what i was expecting when i got into this um but i don't think it's what i got <laughs> did you see three thousand years of longing no it's a very similar uh framing device where it's two people sitting in a bedroom in that movie it's a hotel room in this movie it's like a one bedroom or like a small apartment just telling stories
0: just recounting the events of their life or something
1: more or less yeah it's very similar to that and uh i thought that was a weird dynamic like (laughs) comparison to make (laughs) because the one it's the genie that's telling the story and then they're talking about like what is love and things like that and baby what i wish for and anyways so like volume one honestly like it was i was a little surprised at how like dull it is so like, because it's basically just her just like railing off stories about her life and they're all just like about her having sex with people or uh you know just sexual in general i will say it the first like few stories are kind of uncomfortable because she is underage in them. Uh, very much so as she gets started, uh, with. Yeah. So basically it's like, it was weird. Cause like she starts telling the stories like, Oh, I'm a like, how did you get beat up and left for dead in this alley? Well, it goes way back. It's a long story. When I was two years old, I discovered my cunt and that's how she starts <laughs> her story and uh i'm like oh no he's showing a two-year-old this is not good she's telling her
0: story of how of why she's a terrible person that's the basis of her story that stella skarsgard just could not believe
1: yeah i, I guess to set the scene like she's beaten and bruised and unconscious in an alley and he happens upon her on his way home from the the store and she begs him not to call the police and blah 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 and so he takes her back to his place and it's like okay you can rest up and heal up here and yeah so like how did you get there well I'm a bad person I'm a nymphomaniac here's all my stories and I don't know I I feel like maybe I would have enjoyed it more if I found the actresses more attractive because <laughs> it's funny because like I watched the first one and I thought Ugh. I mean that that wasn't that great um, the scenes with Shia LaBeouf I liked uh, I thought they added some humor and then the scene with Uma Thurman I thought was uh, also funny um, kind of brought some life and energy to the story mm-hmm. But, like, the other stuff, it's like, and then uh, I touched myself, and then we had a contest to see who had the most sex on a train ride, and then uh, I, I lost my virginity, and this guy, he gave me five pumps in the front and three in the back.
0: <laughs> I was like Fibonacci numbers.
1: Yeah, and then like Stone Salt starts talking about Fibonacci sequences and
0: you learn so much information about random things Like It's very story.
1: philosophical and stuff. But Fibonacci then like there's...
0: numbers, fishing, yeah, cake forks.
1: Yeah. So um yeah, I, I just thought it was you know kind of slow and plotting and like and find most of the stories all that interesting. Um, there, like I said, there are a few sequences with that I, you know, they brought some humor into the story and it, it made it more entertaining. And then they start the second one off, and she's like, "Well, aren't you getting rock hard?" Usually, my stories get people off, you know, they get uh the get them excited. It's <laughs> like, well, no. Uh, I just think the the second part was more interesting. Um. I guess I didn't. I didn't think it went as extreme as as maybe you had built it up to be, or maybe in my own head after seeing Antichrist, mm-hmm. I thought maybe oh, I'll be a little more extreme. And I I assume based on what you said, the director's cut probably does go more,
0: very much so.
1: But yeah, the the second half I thought was more interesting. Um, it was more varied and kind of went into like the the more deviant parts of her. Uh, Her life. It wasn't just like the first one where most of the story was, or like a lot of the story was, I, uh, I had to juggle my schedule so I could fuck 10 guys every night after my full time job. (laughs) And sometimes they would come, uh, they would overlap when, when when they would show up. Yeah. I don't know. Like there's some stuff in there too that I was, uh, I don't know. Like they, they have a, a part in there where, she becomes a, um, like a debt collector for like illegal uh, debts or whatever, and one of the guys is a pedophile, and she finds it out by telling a story about him hooking up with a, a boy from the playground, and then um, she basically spent a couple minutes like defending pedophilia to Stellan Skarsgård's character. And like he changes his mind based on her argument that oh, it, as long as you don't act on it, uh, you know you're kind of a tragic figure because you're you're stuck with this sexuality that you can't express publicly and blah blah blah. And I thought that was kind of gross, but yeah, um, I guess overall, like I said, I, the second half was more interesting than the first. But I think it's just a last resort, just. For both parts and then collectively. It's
0: a last resort. Fair enough. Although I can't let you off the hook that easily. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up maybe our most popular segment on this show, Dick Talk.
1: Never thought I'd say this. Fuck that. Let me see your penis, dog. I'm going to need y'all to quit playing with me and pull out your big guns because this is show me your
0: dick time, fellas. Are you going to show me your hard wooden dick like you said you would? Just in case we get killed, I wanted to tell you, you have the biggest dick I've ever
1: seen on a man. Thanks. I don't know what to say. Your, your favorite segment. <laughs> this is this There's a lot of dicks in there. This movie's plumb full of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one sequence in the first part where it's just like, I had a catalog of various dicks, and then they show like... <laughs> Thirty different dicks. Now you're cooking with gas. Yeah, it's a bunch. She's of... like describing a, um, you know, circumcised, uncircumcised, fat, skinny, s- small, long. You know, it's just like okay. You
0: know, there's there's the one of the side stories that talks about her and their relationship with her father, and how that she likes to go on walks, and he would tell her all about the trees and what their names were, what their the role was in the forest, and she would keep all the leaves, kind of cataloged, in between pages in a book. Yeah, That she would look through throughout different stages of her life. But it's like she had, like she had all their her fellows, like like stand up for a lineup photo, you know, for their dicks. Yeah, she would catalog all those.
1: Well, then she'd tell them all that it was the first time that she had ever organa- orgasmed too, mm-hmm. you know. And then she lost her orgasm. Oh no.
0: It's weird that some of the, I mean, her affliction, she's a nymphomaniac, she can't control herself. But, you know, some of the fellas are just, you know, they they are so lucky to be with her.
1: <laughs> I will say having a kid uh, ages you uh, ex- uh, an extreme amount over the course of three years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure does.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's just having a relationship with Shia LaBeouf. I don't know
1: possibly where he can't he can't make you uh, orgasm <laughs> the entire time but
0: well, she lost all feeling maybe we'll get into the we'll talk about that in spoilers
1: we'll talk but... that in spoilers Yeah, um,
0: <clears throat> there was a lot of a lot of stunt cocks in here now the, the first time you said you even you didn't recognize charle buff when he first shows up when he's working on his dirt bike
1: yeah <laughs> I, I don't know if i i, I wasn't I, I don't know if i was necessarily looking close enough
0: at at his face um you were focused on other things right sure
1: yeah like your eye isn't drawn to oh that's Shia LaBeouf and then he shows up later and um then it's like oh oh there he
0: is I thought I should have been drawn to oh that's Shia LaBeouf's cock
1: (laughs) I don't know him by his cock that That he just spit
0: on and he's rubbing
1: I'm sorry I don't I don't I don't know him by by his cock (laughs)
0: But yeah, I'm not sure because you know they're they're very good at switching, like especially during the explicit sex scenes, and kind of switching out the people. Yeah, with the body doubles and whatnot, kind of. I know that they did use some computer generated imagery, if you will, to kind of blend the body doubles and the deepfaked it. Yeah, I think it just helps with the cutting in between because it's pretty seamless. You don't really realize it. You're like. I mean, well, for one thing, like you see Charlotte Boff, you're like, well, that makes sense. He would do anything for any role. Well,
1: I read that he, uh, they wanted a, a photo of his member. And so instead of doing that, he filmed a sex tape with his girlfriend and mailed that in. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, so something gonna else. See me, you want to see me in action? Huh? Here we go. Well, then I was it. thinking, like, I mean, I don't know how they did it because this Stacy Martin who plays Joe in the earlier, like the full first half, like in the, yeah, the young Joe. The young like, Charlotte Gainsburg. She, she has sex scenes with like a hundred guys, like yeah, like almost as many as they talk about in the entire movie. And uh like they're very graphic, and I'm like, she can't be fucking all these guys for real. <laughs> um but they filmed it in a way that it looked like it yeah but yeah you should see uh, the uncut (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) i will say i don't know if it's just me but when i saw christian slater i thought he looked like jimmy simpson (laughs) i think that's his name a little bit and then uh uma thurman i thought oh, she's looking like um uh shit what's her name um The phony baloney. Meryl Streep. Mm. Thought she was looking like Meryl Streep in there. Maybe (laughs) young Meryl Streep.
0: Yeah? Like Deer Hunter Meryl Streep?
1: Yeah, or maybe Maybe shortly after. I haven't seen a lot of Meryl Streep movies, so. Maybe. um, I've been meaning to watch Sophie's Choice, but uh, I think it's on my DVR. Yeah. Maybe around that point. They kind of have the same haircut that she has in a lot of stuff, too. Yeah. So. But anyways, Nymphomaniac uh, didn't do much for me. Um, I don't know. Probably of the movies I've seen from venture, it's which is like three, I think. It's probably at the bottom. i
0: yeah, sure. All right, well, what are you going to challenge me to watch?
1: Yeah. A challenge. I was thinking about it, and uh, a few of the ones I thought about giving you usage you already saw. um, So that narrowed it down a little bit. Um, So I think it was going to give you um, Michael Bay's Ambulance from Mm. last year. Okay.
0: I will check it out. Still on Prime, I believe.
1: It's a uh, fantastic action movie and a day and age where you don't get too many of those
0: all right it's that time of show where we will kind of wrap it up a little bit and then talk a little bit more about nymphomaniac volumes one and two with spoilers after the partial wrap-up so brett where can people find wtm merch
1: to help out the show you can add it on over to wtm watch this movie dot dash dot com you can reach out to us. You can email us at
0: watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at positivelywolf1, which is the same as his letterbox profile. Mine is under Eric underscore Mulder. And uh, please rate and review, subscribe, and Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many other podcast apps. Uh, we just recently moved to Podbean. That's where our new website is, but we still have the old website, wtmwatchinswimby.com. It will be moving. So we, technically we have two websites, but everything's under construction. Everything is in transition. So to will wait a little bit longer for that, for the new website to be flushed out. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about nifomaniac. So how much, I had a question for you. How much did they really get into the relationship between Joe and her father christian slater because i know you know that you see some scenes in the first one where they're walking through the forest and you see in the second one he's he's ill did they yeah. really delve into the relationship of like her taking care of him in the hospital when he's sick and he's dying
1: yeah yeah they, they had uh quite a bit about that yeah
0: so i thought christian slater was pretty great in there uh, his performance is really good it's pretty harrowing just watching well, basically watching Jill watch her father die in front of her. Nothing she can do about it. And they're, you know, the, he shits himself. He has a high fever. He's sweating, he's delirious. Yeah. It's harder to watch than some of the explicit sex stuff. <laughs>
1: well, I, I feel like I didn't, uh, I don't know. I didn't really connect with the characters on that level. So sure. I didn't, I see what you mean. Like if, if you get like, that connection there um i can see why you would you would feel that way but i don't know i what you what you said as far as like what they showed for her and her father is about what they showed It's like oh he used to take me through the woods and teach me about the trees and oh i used to pretend like i forget what this one was because you loved telling me what it was and yeah you know, and then on his deathbed, like she's asking him again. Well, how do I know if this is uh whatever kind of tree? And yeah, yeah and then it, uh, yeah, basically watching him die is like the last of her like feelings. Like she can't feel anymore, and basically becomes her mother.
0: <laughs> likes to play solitaire. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot. There's a lot more content with Joe and her father in the uncut. But there's also other things, more explicit sex scenes and an abortion that you apparently didn't see.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember there being an abortion. I don't think there was.
0: She performs it on herself.
1: Yeah, it, there wasn't. Uh, the only thing with her getting pregnant was when she actually had the the kid, and she said, "Oh, well, I made sure they did a C section because I don't want them to ruin my <laughs> orgasm."
0: I thought it was going to be like a workaholic situation when I first saw it montez's wife alex bjornstein she wants to do like the orgasmic birth oh yeah <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
0: but uh she performs an abortion on herself with knitting and crochet needles
1: yeah that's uh not in the version that i saw it's rough
0: it's shown in explicit detail and even to the point where they pull out the little fetus
1: and yeah I'm glad I didn't see that. That sounds gross. Yeah. Like the closest thing they they had to that was like when she turned her her as she called it her cunt into an open wound. And you got a just a glimpse of it bleeding out and but yeah. That was about as close to it. But they didn't mention like that she had an abortion or anything like that. Yeah definitely what is it wasn't as bad as Antichrist Yeah, Antichrist was rough. That's an open wound. Especially those two scenes. Well, well, that's, I don't know if you count that as two scenes or whatever, but. Yeah, the end of Antichrist was rough. Sure. Uh, there's also the the scene with the,
0: what does she call them? The, the dangerous men. If you know what I'm talking about? The two African fellows.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're arguing about <laughs> who gets which hole. <laughs> and then she just leaves
0: yeah and they're like they don't care they're still like arguing naked with talking Pat. about dick talk
1: there are a lot of close ups on that uh, oh sure that scene I think Lars has a uh, a problem <laughs> he's got a fixation
0: now I had given you these films to for kind of to preface you know, the house that Jack built I won't spoil anything but I will say it's structured in a similar way in that okay. the main character is telling a story to someone else about their life he's like a career serial killer but he picks mm. five random murders to tell someone and uh so yeah it's it's structured very similar but they also give you lots and lots of tidbits about random information mm. that i find fascinating <laughs> but it's like Skarsgård he relates it to the he always seems to relate it to the story yeah he's listening he's like oh that reminds me of fishing and fly fishing and well this is how you fly fish and tells you about the different rods and the different lures and how you tie it just so and
1: right well lot of this movie too it's like she she sees something on the wall and then she's like oh let me tell you a story from my life that's (laughs) like that and then he's like oh yeah and then it is like that you know, or I'll tell you about uh about that thing on the wall. And then she's like, Oh, that's just like that time I fucked this guy and this happened.
0: Yeah. Although even though they are similarly structured in that way, that is not the reason I had you watch Nymphomaniac before How's the Jack Belt. You'll you'll find that out once you see it. But yeah. um what else? I mean, she uh it's a bit jarring at the end because Skarsgard comes out as asexual. And then he just kind of forces himself on her. Like, it's like they finally went to bed. You know, the lights are yeah. off. Finally. And he just kind of climbs on top.
1: They talk till morning because you could see the one, like, square foot of sunlight that somehow gets through to this otherwise enclosed uh, area. And then right. she's like, okay, I'm going to bed. And, yeah, he walks out. And then as soon as she turns over, he comes back in with his pants off. And uh, just climbs up top on top of her. Yeah. Oh, the, with the ending, too. So, like, the last story she tells is about how she got beat up because her protege is Mia Goth and like uh, Willem Dafoe.
0: That's how she met Charlotte LaBeouf I believe, is this film. Cause they're like married now, or rather, you know, they just had a kid together. I oh, think really? they're married. I, didn't, I, didn't know I don't know. Maybe they're not married, but they're together. And Mia Goth just gave birth to their child uh, within the past year,
1: or 18 months.
0: I did not know that. So she is still with him after the revelations.
1: Well, she's just as fucking psychotic as he is. <laughs> but, anyways, like uh, so yeah, Will and the foe tell Joe to get into this collection business, and then he says. You need to get yourself a successor, and so she uh he suggests uh Mia Goth's character because she doesn't have any parents, and blah blah blah. And they end up as a mentor mentee, and then they'll they're a couple or whatever. Well, and then she's going to uh Jerome's house to collect, but really, she's just hooking up with Jerome, who is mm-hmm. the, the ex husband, right? Anyways, they she goes to Joe goes to kill Jerome and they end up meeting her in the alley and like the gun doesn't go off. She has a gun or whatever. I forget where she picked mm-hmm. it up, but, and so they beat the shit out of her and Mia got peas on her. and mm-hmm. Cause that's something she probably would do in real life. Um. So anyways, like the Maxine before, talking about Maxine <laughs> or Pearl. He, he, yes. <laughs> um, probably the, whatever her name is in Infinity Pool <laughs> Infinity Pool is better in both those movies anyways so like before everything ends Stellan Skarsgård says well I think I've seen this in movies you gotta rack the gun to get the bullet into the chamber otherwise there's nothing in the chamber and it won't fire and then he says why don't you go to bed and blah 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 Comes in and tries to stick it in her, and then it cuts to black, and you hear, and then they play the Bam. song Hey Joe, which is a fucking one of the most on the nose, uh, what they call a needle drop these days, <laughs> and uh, that I liked. <laughs> yeah, it was like when uh, when Zack Snyder used the song Zombie and Army of the Dead. <laughs> yes exactly that's what that song was made for i don't care if it's made about something else
0: so it's funny brett if you watch the entirety volumes one and two especially the director's cuts after everything you've seen you've got to know that no means no brett scars <laughs> guard was no exception and he got capped
1: well it's Oh, we didn't talk about either. Like, he goes on, like, a five-minute explanation of, like, the whole thesis of the whole movie about, you know, if you were a man, nobody would even bat an eye, but you're a woman, so you're...
0: I'll do a higher standard. ...looked
1: at as deviant and, you know, blah, blah, blah. and it just goes on and on and on. I was like, I get it. (laughs) I get it. Yeah, and then he comes in and tries to rape her, you know. (laughs) <laughs> After talking about it the whole time, like, oh, I don't have... I like the theory of sex, but I, the act of it, it really doesn't interest me. But then he's like, oh, you told me the stories of how you fucked all these other guys. Why not me?
0: He's curious. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to learn. He's a I learned so. man.
1: I guess so. And he got shot. More than
0: any face. other I've ever heard of, probably. Because <laughs> he spends all his time focusing on books
1: just instead books. of sex. Just books all day. Books about sex. Books about fishing. Books about everything. Religion. Uh Pig forks. I did think they were gonna redo the scene from Antichrist with the kid walking out of the onto the balcony.
0: Yeah, it's funny. They had played the same music.
1: I, it looks uh, virtually identical.
0: Yep. And I thought it they were the gonna exact redo same it. music.
1: I thought they were gonna redo it. But uh the kid just stayed out there and didn't jump. So I don't know. That's it's more was it. I mean, there's a,
0: there's a lot to talk about with four to five and a half hours. There's a lot to talk about, but I think we covered what we needed to. Yeah. Especially with uh, considering your, your rating. So yeah, I think that'll do it.
1: Anything else? No, it's been a long night of recording. So
0: (laughs) We need to wrap it up. All right. You need to wrap it up, B. <laughs> we will check you later. Guess we'll
1: see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Later. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.